0: Hello and welcome to the TPA podcast, a series of interviews with the Preston Associates network of executive coaching specialists. We will take a look at the trends driving business and leadership from around the globe and offer insight and analysis on how you can become a better leader. I'm your host, Tom Ritchie. The TPA podcast is available to download on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast and SoundCloud, or you can listen by visiting our website, For decades, Hong Kong has been one of the world's most prosperous and peaceful centres of business, enjoying links with the biggest economies in both the Western and Eastern Hemisphere. However, the past 12 months have proved challenging for business and society alike. At time of recording, there have been over 75,000 cases of coronavirus reported in the region, with more than 2,000 people losing their lives to the epidemic. The spread of coronavirus has exacerbated the growing unrest with the Hong Kong establishment, with some pro-democracy campaigners still taking to the streets to demonstrate against the local and central Chinese government. With so much in flux, how has business in the region fared? And how can leaders regain trust when civilians are so disenfranchised with the establishment? Catherine Edens and Nadine Slater, both TPA coaches currently based in Hong Kong, join me now. So uh, Catherine, what has it been like living in, in Hong Kong over the past year?
1: It's just been extremely unusual, even surreal at times. Being born and brought up here, yeah, I've never really experienced anything like that here before. Almost every weekend there were protests, often resulting in clashes with the police, which have caused major disruptions on many levels and affected everybody's life in one way or the other. The transportation system was disrupted, schools were disrupted, even weekend lives were also disrupted. The people were really, really frustrated and angry, both with the government and also about the disturbance caused by the demonstrations. The division in society has reached a level of unseen before affecting families, business, and other sectors
0: and And Nadine is someone who's um who's come to the region more recently what's what's it like? What's life been like acclimating to Hong Kong in the current environment? Yeah,
2: uh, Tom, incidentally, I was able to see it all unfold in time-lapse, if you will, as I relocated with my family from Japan to Hong Kong, just when it all kicked off in the summer. To put it into perspective, you know, how extraordinary the division in Hong Kong has been, I mean, we just need to look at what happened in the US with Trump and the UK Brexit. In a very similar nature, you know, division occurred on many levels and in many communities, not just amongst colleagues at work, but within core family heart, you know, the heart of the family. So just in much, much shorter time frames. And then on top of all this already difficult 2019, the outbreak of the coronavirus as a global health emergency has really hit Hong Kong hard. Um, you know, it was already a lot under stress. So personally, you know, being just literally uh, having um, public facilities and activities majorly scaled back from major sporting events like Rugby Hong Kong 7s being cancelled, all fairs, business conferences or theme parks closed, uh, continued school closure for over a month. A month, there's far-reaching effects. And in the yeah. last few weeks, um, you know, we went from feelings that Catherine mentioned, like anger and frustration, to really more anxiety and, and panic buying of masks, even toilet paper and staples like rice. We compounded it with daily logistical stress of just how to arrange yourself. You know, if you have kids like I do, uh, homeschooling two kids in parallel of both parents working from home, at times is extremely stressful. So Mm. testing times, but you know, the city overall remains functional. And I think everyone is really focusing on trying to keep some sort of routine and continuity going, really going back to basics and trying to be resilient.
0: How has the civil unrest and more recently the coronavirus affected business performance?
2: Well, probably
1: all companies have been affected to some extent, but obviously some sector has been hit much harder than others especially related to tourism, travel, hospitality, and retail. There has been a huge decline in visitors, leading to massive reductions in revenue. Many businesses closed or laid off their staff, hotels' occupancy down to single digits, really extremely low, and the property market has almost come to a standstill. More recently, also um, manufacturing, trading, logistics have been affected. Supply chains are struggling to resume operations after Chinese New Year, with the majority of the factory workers unable to return to work. In the meantime, presumably, almost every company in Hong Kong has had some staff working from home to keep their operation going resulting in probably the biggest ever test of business continuity um, in a crisis situation.
0: And, you know, there's been a clear breakdown in trust between the majority of civilians and and the establishment. So how has this been reflected within organisations based in the region?
2: Uh, Yeah, Tom, I mean, the immediate effect on companies varies greatly, as we know. But overall, I, I wouldn't say there has been a direct impact for the majority of businesses in terms of a transferred, if you will, loss of trust in, in, in their leadership, right? Unless, of course, um, through outside pressures when Hong Kong people get the perception of a company or a particular brand as taking political sides. So overall, as we're in crisis, people naturally can get overcome with fear and anxiety. So we can see people react with a lot more fight-or-flight response rather than staying calm or applying common sense. This is exactly when we need this kind of heightened focus to building trust, right, in the leadership. In any government or organization, and uh, as you put it, with this blatant lack of trust in the establishment, people are certainly reevaluating how they can trust their more immediate leaders at work. You now, keeping the business going, that's job stable. Keep the teams together, despite of people maybe with different political views in the same team, or even now with the virus, the physical uh, distance. Um, how to keep them safe? So now, more than ever, it's really important for business leaders to have the fingers on the pulse, to know the thinking and feeling of their people so they can be really agile and calmly and clearly address the needs on a human level and with empathy. So then together they can go through the crisis and adapt to the changes ahead.
0: And, 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 and how can leaders build or, or, or increase trust? Are there any specific scenarios or interventions you have made with clients that um, have experienced this issue?
1: Trust is a critical business driver. Where trust is high, performance is high because we can operate more efficiently in terms of cost and time. When there are trust issues, relationships and leadership effectiveness suffer. So, for example, the recent strike at the hospital authority here in Hong Kong had a breakdown in trust with the government, resulted in breakdown in the communications and relationship led to a five-day strike by thousands of medical staff that really impaired the hospital services greatly. So to build or increase trust, leaders need to communicate clearly to be authentic and non-judgmental through sincere dialogues to build empathy in relationships. They can start by actively listening more to their people's challenges, thoughts, and feelings so that they could engage them better to ask better questions
2: and help them finding their own solutions and actually, Tom, if I might add there, when, when we coach leaders, building trust is pretty much always at the core of their development um, as trust is the foundation for any healthy healthy or effective relationship so in that context, we always start with a leader looking inward, understanding him, him or her as a professional and a person you know so that they can become more self-aware, looking at their values and strength, potential strength overplays and their drivers and motivations. And as a second layer, we help them understand the impact on others by looking at their role and the system that they're in. So what are their stakeholder relationships? And including reflecting on the level of trust in each of those relationships. And we look at these two perspectives because we believe leaders must be able to really manage themselves first uh, and really role model or walk the talk, as it's often referred to, which is key for establishing trust in, in relationships with any of your stakeholders.
0: And And how effective can coaching teams be in creating a sense of trust as well? You know, are there any specific examples or scenarios that you can think of where coaching as a collective can help you build trust?
2: Yeah, as I just said, you know, trust being the foundation for any effective relationships, it's of course a two-way street, right? So in a team, there are many more relationships and it's natural not to have the same level of trust with different people on the team, for example. Therefore, establishing one common or sort of respectively mutual level of trust in a team is even more complex. And the overall team level of trust also set by the lowest level between its team members or the weakest link, if you will. So remember that any team that has either just been put together or even one team member changes. It's like a new team that will again have to go through some sort of forming, norming, storming, performing you know uh, channel to, to really become a high-performing team. So any work we do with teams uh, on higher effectiveness or business performance is invariably starting with building trust. Um, for this, for example, underlying issue, if they have trust issues, coaching is incredibly effective because it goes much deeper than just addressing their openly shared attitudes and behaviours.
1: Just to give you an example, Tom, one of our clients has a really high trust organisation, also managing really well. They are quite progressive and have a deep caring culture for their people and for the company. Even prior to last year's events, the company was building and safeguarding their culture. And in response to the stressful development in Hong Kong, The management introduced a forum to help the staff to express their concerns and face their challenges during the very uncertain time. And also as proactive leadership team in addressing the rapidly changing business environment, they also anticipate different scenarios of developments and plans for the possible outcomes so that they can be agile and prepare the employees accordingly if they needed to make any strategic
2: adjustments.
0: Looking forward to the future, what are some of the issues that business will face in, in the coming months?
2: Yeah, um, I wish uh, you'd been new. Uh, Again, with many businesses already suffering, the COVID-19 outbreak has really compounded and accelerated the fallout. Um, The economic downturn will surely continue for some months um, as the pandemic is yet to be overcome. Um, And as and when the immediate crisis is over, it will take some time for the businesses to recover. Companies in Hong Kong are currently already facing the dual task of one in ensuring employee protection while also managing business continuity, and they're feeling the strain of their commercial responsibilities. So in the immediate future for some industries such as hospitality and f businesses will have to scale back operations or even close their doors altogether. And in manufacturing businesses, the backlog that we see in supply chains needs to work itself out of the system um, before it can resume normal operations. And then there's also the practical side, you know, in terms of adjusting to new ways of working, whilst offices or factories remain shut in some areas. Businesses will have to, you know, work with more technologies, working from home, video conferencing, uh, more flexible type style of working. And as a people impact, that has a very real impact, as parents have to deal with the prolonged school closures, you know, and ha- very, very high stress in the system that really, for example, as expats, many of my colleagues or clients are actually sending at least one parent abroad with the kids perhaps even till the summer, um, and some are returning altogether. So there is definitely an impact. So what are the, the real business priorities now for the next month? It's importance on clear and prompt communication with their employees, really taking account the team's concerns uh, and needs with, with really genuine care and empathy. A lack of such clear communication you know, le- leaves a void of understanding, which we can easily turn, uh, see turn into frustration and anger exactly leading to activism such as the type we've seen
0: on the streets of Hong Kong. And will the government and business alike have to rethink strategy to take Hong Kong forward over the next few years?
1: It is a real test of time to see how the confidence in the market comes back, as some of the um, global investors have already, last year, started to redirect their investment to Singapore, for example. So, yes... Formulating a comprehensive strategy to fully restore societal stability and business confidence remain a really crucial task for the Hong Kong government in twenty twenty. So just today in fact, the Hong Kong government announced a stimulus package of thirty billion Hong Kong dollars, with over half of that going straight to support the hardest hit industries like retail, hospitality, transport, culture, tourism. For individual businesses, building a more resilient organizations and investing time really helping employees to stay healthy and positive has become really top priority to overcome this current crisis. So in the midterm, we think people's strategy, we attracting overseas talent to the city is very important and really create a strong sense of purpose and inspiring company culture that nurture high performing teams to become more proactive and agile so that they can also manage the rapid changes and increasing uncertainty that we are all experiencing now. So in that context, we're here at the Preston Associates in Hong Kong, together with our colleagues in Shanghai and Singapore, already a trusted thinking partner to our clients in the region. And we are here to support any organization to build trusted leadership and high-performing businesses here in the region.
0: Catherine, Nadine, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really interesting and very enlightening talking to you today. Thank
1: Thank you for having us. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the TPA podcast, available to download on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast and SoundCloud. We look forward to bringing you another episode very soon.